The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. That time of the year again. Time to think about college courses. The CAO deadline is looming on February 1st and I remember it well. The stress of making sure your top three choices on your CAO are tip top with the right balance of location, college life and of course job prospects. Well, one lecturer at University College Cork is giving advice on picking the course for you. That is Dr. Kira Fitzgerald. She's a co-director of a degree programme at UCC and she has some advice that applies to anyone who's thinking of a career change or a life change um, or other elements of their life. And Dr. Kira joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning. You're very welcome, Kira. Thank you, Orla. Thank you for having, for having me on. So talk us through the CAO these days, because I remember this time so well. And there was an awful lot of pressure on picking your your top three, essentially, when I was going to college, because it was very much set in stone. Yes, Orla, but a lot I remember as well myself. Uh, and that was can I care to admit more than 20 years ago <laughs> um but I um and actually I chose BIS the course that I'm now co-director okay. of um, so you got that I presume did you yes yes I did yeah um and the reasons why I picked a the course like that is I think I was looking for something um quite broad okay and, and tell I us think what BIS is for people who don't know yeah, so BIS is a, a mix of business and information systems. And okay. I suppose the question would be, what what is information systems? What does that entail? And that would be people working with technology, um, looking to kind of understand their business and run their business a little bit better. Okay. Um, so we look a lot about looking at data. Data is at the heart of it, so understanding how we can use data to make better decisions for our, our business. Okay. And is that what you were good at at school? Interesting question, actually. So sometimes um, the subjects that we teach in BIS are all taught from scratch. So okay. I would have gone into BIS and I have did accounting for the leaving, but not everybody, everything is taught from scratch. So you don't necessarily have to have any background information. I think from the transferable skills from school is that I liked problem solving. I liked figuring out how things work and I liked working with people. So a lot of what we do in BIS, it's a lot of bringing people together to figure out problems um, using technology. Now, um, it's so interesting you say like that, Kira, because who who brought sent you down the, the road of BIS then? Because I don't think at 17 or 18, I would be able to decipher the things that I liked and a college course. Yeah, so I, I went to uh, an open day in UCC and the the founder and, and the head of the course at the time was Professor Kieran Murphy and I listened to um, the type of modules that they would I would be studying. So the things, the subjects that you would be doing and then the type of opportunities that you get afterwards. So I think looking to kind of future proof and looking ahead, there was a, a huge element of travel to the course um, and the uh, the jobs even I can see from where our graduates have gone. Our course is 30 years old now and there's we've over 2,400 graduates and they're working all over the world. Um, even more so now than in my time because this concept of a digital nomad so you can kind of work anywhere in the mm. world once you have your laptop. Um, and that interested me. So and also the opportunity to talk to I knew people in the course a couple of years ahead of me. Um, so then you get the real story as well. And they were they were really excited by it. And the sense of, I suppose, 20 years ago, technology was only starting mm. to become omnipresent. Now, 
technologies everywhere. If you think about it, every company is a type of technology company because they're all trying to use technology to improve what they're doing. Um, so it's even more exciting now because you're like you're at the forefront and you then have the knowledge to be able to go into organizations and, and make a difference. Mm. Wow, I wish I was that the sort of student you were, Kira, because I went to open days <laughs> just to go into town. I don't think I went to like the talks would have been great for me because as you said, I was the sort of student who didn't know what I wanted to do. So hearing the prospects that you can get from a college course and like you say, that there's lots of travel. So lots of you know, how, what your lifestyle will be like is, is so important when it comes to choosing what you want to do. And that's one of the points that you make as well, that you need to look into the future, be it four years or eight years or 10 years and where you'd like to be. So that's one of the things that students need to think about. Yes, I, that would be my advice that the industries are changing all of the time and you want to kind of put yourself in a position whereby you are best equipped to grab those opportunities. Um, and there's an awful lot of mobility within something like BIS. I look to the graduates and they're changing roles all of the time. It's very broad because you do say the business subjects, but um, the likes of management, marketing, economics, accounting, but then also the likes of data visualization, um, web design, app development, um, looking at understanding the trends around IT. We're introducing a new course on Gen AI next year. So again, recognizing that that's the future. And um, so I would like to be working in this space. I might necessarily know what type of role it's going to be, because again, the titles of these roles are changing all of the time as well, and they're being developed, but that you know you just want to be uh, where where it's at. Okay. And you say don't choose a course because it is the highest points. Yes, that would be also a, a good piece of advice to follow. I think we're all a little bit maybe guilty of uh, of saying, well, I'm, I think I'm going to achieve this amount of points, mm. therefore I need to use all of them. And if I were to pick a course that were less points than what, maybe what I'm aiming for, or what I think I'm capable of or capable of even, it would be a waste of points. And I think that's maybe a little bit of a change of mindset there. I would look at the course, look at the modules, talk to people who are in the course. I do school visits where I go out to schools and I talk about the course. So equip yourself with that type of information to, okay. and think, you know, is this something that I would like? Um, and I base my decision on that rather than the points itself. Because the points system is fickle. It's, mm -hmm. it's unpredictable. Um, so base it on, on, your, on wh what you want rather than the points. And you've seen a trend as well with the CAO that although the deadline is February 1st, that a lot, a lot of people turn in that CAO form blank so that they can make their choices on the change of date. Yes. So we last year for the change for the first opening date, which was the, the first of February, um, there were 8000 applications filled in blank. Okay. What I mean by that is that they had a template there, so they were they had registered on the system, but their choices hadn't been selected. And I understand that. I think, you know, that gives them a little bit more time, even though I know they're entering into a busy time with pre's and then um, orals and then the exams. At the same time, though, maybe it just alleviates some of the pressure that if you're not entirely sure about what you're going to put first, that you take that little bit of time to do more research for yourself. And there are subsequent dates. Now, I think the fees do go up a little bit more um, to forward that kind of opportunity but it goes right up to the change of mind which is the 1st of July. Wow okay that's good to know um, and obviously in that amount of time and pre-leaving cert colleges and universities will be holding open days as 
as you can change your mind. So it's not a case of, you know, you've lost all that uh, opportunity to go and see places. They're, they're still happening as time goes on. Um, yeah, I suppose the, the bigger open days probably have ran before Christmas, okay. but there's always an opportunity to come in. So for, oh, okay. say, for the likes of us, you can come in, um, contact me as the programme director at any stage and come in. And like I said, we actually go out to schools mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, so if there was a particular school that you're coming from and you'd like us to come, but we haven't been there yet, we have to come out and then share, um, talk about BIS. But we also have a, a wonderful colleague who will talk about all of the courses within, say, College of Business and Law and each of the faculties within UCC have a liaison officer who'll come out and they'll and they'll talk about the courses. Okay, good stuff. And a good opportunity to get motivated and think outside the box about your college courses as well. So February 1st, if you're doing it, you know that is the deadline for CAO and some good advice from Dr. Kira Fitzgerald. And Dr. Kira is the co-director of the Business Information Systems degree in University College Cork. And of course, their website is ucc.ie. Kira, thanks a million for joining me this morning. Fantastic. Thank you, Orla. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. Across the southeast, you're listening to Beat 102-103. Our Brian is here. Yes. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, The plastics are back. Yes, indeed. And this time they are singing the movie that brought us iconic quotes like, That's so fetch. And I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I say that all the time. And that's this is my favourite one, actually, because people don't use it as much as those other two. But that's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. OK. I think I'll be using that one a bit. Well, Mean Girls is back. And uh, it's thanks to Tina Fey, who reprises her role or is back in the same role as Miss Norbury, the math teacher and math athlete's moderator. Um, you know the original story and it's the same story again. 16-year-old homeschooled Katie moves back to the US from Kenya with her mother and attends North Shore High School. Will we have a listen? Of course. Let's do it. Welcome, Katie. You're never going to believe what I found this morning. Your burn book. Mom, go make snacks. For sure. For sure, Regina. Yeah. Do you like gum? Sure. Oh, no, I don't have any. I I was just... You're a mess. We will help you, Caddy. Ah! All we've done is make Regina hotter and revive the wet look. Dance break. Who wrote all this junk? Katie pushed her. Regina really should be lifting through her glutes. Do you remember Katie? Incorrect. You have to pick a French name. Chanel. No. Celine Dion. No. Beyonce. 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 Do you know the old Mean Girls? I see at the start of the trailer, your mom's loved it. And yeah. I looked at it a bit despondent. 20 years ago, 2004. Come on. I think, I, st- I still stand by that. I think Mean Girls is the best like female-led comedy love that's it. ever been made. It's Because like, it's one of those things it. where you're like, it's really not that good. Then you go back and watch it again and you're like, wow. And for something like this to come out, it's it has a high expectations it to live really up to, does. honestly. It really does. Do you know the other kind of teenage coming of age movie that I absolutely love? Super bad? No. Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About Iconic. Fantastic. Iconic. I do believe you. that was in the cinema this week. Really? 25 year anniversary. I would have gone to see that on the yeah. big screen. Or is it, it next week? It could be next so week. Oh, good. Be next Heath Ledger. It's next week, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll have a look. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like 
a movie that I effortlessly like. I who doesn't love Mean Girls? Do you exactly. know? Exactly. And it's 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 a big thing to lean up to. And did it? I don't know. Oh. Some parts were better. Some parts were not better. Some parts I didn't get. But okay. like a it's complete same script, same storyline. Not any like exactly. Mo- okay. So like there's there's parts of it that are slightly different, which didn't really make sense. Just like even when um when Katie moves over from Kenya, like her parent, like both her parents were with her, and it's like now it's there's no father, which is okay. Like small detail, whatever. Mm. But then mm. it's like the big issue that people have with this, and I hate to say it, the casting for some people was so right but the casting for some people was so wrong okay uh, and Gori Rice lover right no Who, she was not she was not she was playing Katie Heron okay and she was just not I don't know her what would I know her from she was in Spider-Man okay and she was in Nice Guys alright And but like it was and now she's in Mean Girls she's eh? now she's in Mean Girls which is actually quite <laughs> funny I didn't even think of that but uh, not it like she's just she's not a fantastic singer and I'm normally like you don't need to be a fantastic singer, mm. but she doesn't even like she's in songs and she takes it down when she's in. And like she's even the part where like, let's say in the original Lindsay Lohan, when she becomes mean, you're like, I could see it. Mm. You know, like Lindsay Lohan has that kind of a streak where she could. Mm-hmm. And Gary Rice is just so nice. She can't. I couldn't. I could never see her as a mean person. Talk me through the songs. Are there many of them? How often do they break out into songs? Oh, Orla. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Do you know the way people used to give out of a high school musical where it's like they're having a conversation, then it's a song or Glee. Like it was, it felt exactly like that. It was so funny because the okay. screening, the screening I saw, there was like twenty people at the start of the screening, mm-hmm. right? Didn't end with twenty people. It ended about thirteen. Oh, there was like seven. That's a really bad sign. It's not a great sign. Mm. And then, any time that they were having a conversation and music started and they started singing, there was a collective oh. <laughs> It was so funny. But it was like, everyone would be like, oh no. It was hilarious, honestly. And But that saying that though, I've been listening to Revenge Party nonstop. Like, That's one of the tracks. Like one of the songs in it, and I cannot stop listening. But it, she, like the, the person that plays Janice is played by, I'm going to mispronounce this, mm-hmm. Aoli Carvalho, okay. who was Moana. So oh, okay. Fantastic singer. Do you know? right. And like a lot of energy there. Fantastic. And then Jack Jackel Spivey mm-hmm. plays Damien Damien in it. Fantastic. The mm-hmm. two of them when they were on screen, leave them. Like leave them be the whole thing. Like I thought they were so much fun. If like if you were to be like who would get into the cast, like the old cast or the new cast, these are the only two where I'm like, I definitely think so. Okay. Then Renee Rapp as Regina George, I thought she was great as well. Like if it was a case of Rachel McAdams or Renee Rapp in their own distinctive ones, they are the correct decision. Okay. Do you mean so? Like, and is Tina Fey the only person reprising their role? No, there are a few people. So, and are they meant to be surprises? For there's us? a surprise, but Tim. Oh, Meadow- I know what this surprise will be. Is it anything to do with being a cool mom? No. Oh, okay. It's not who like the the surprises. There's a, there is a surprise in there that I'm not going to say. But Tim okay. Meadows is in there as well. So he was the the principal in the original one. And in the original one, they were trying to set them up. And at the end of the movie, they were kind of like potentially together. And in this, they're, they are together. So that's kind of, ah, okay. there is a bit of carryover as well. Um, and and John Hammond there too. John Hammond's in there as well as, a, as another teacher. Like the teachers have some good lines. They are, they, they, like I did laugh a good bit at, at this, but I do feel at some stages 
They held back on some things. They took out some lines that oh, probably were... has wokeism cult- taken over a bit? Well, like one of one of my favorite lines from the original was, "If you're from Africa, how aren't you? How aren't you white? Oh no, if you're from Africa, how are you white?" And it's like you can't ask someone that. Uh-huh. It's like I mean, it's like iconic. It was a simple line of her stupidity, or whatever. But in this movie, I feel like everyone became way more their characteristic rather than fully fledged people. Because Amanda Seyfried in that in the original, she was dumb, but she was so charming, you know. Mm-hmm. But whereas in this, like the. Uh, of Avantika, who plays Karen, uh, she has a song called "Sexy" in it, uh, just sexy. But uh, she's just dumb. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And like, there's a bit of like you feel sorry for her mm. because she's kind of dumb. Do you yeah. know? And I, I feel like I feel like it's kind of one-dimensioning her character a bit because the original went on to be like, oh, it's a ten percent. It's all chance. Mm-hmm. It's already raining. Those lines aren't in it, and I love those lines because they were just such little one-off little they're jokes. Not in it. They're not. There are, there are other like lines, and even fetch, fetch. I feel is is thrown around as this because it's like, oh, that's so fetch. Like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Where'd you even hear that? I was like, oh, it's in some old movie. I think mm. it was Juno. <laughs> and I was they like, yeah. And I was like, okay. you've just completely belittled your own yeah. thing. You know, it's like mm. you could have said that. Oh, her mom always said it. So do you kind of see the Tina Fey gags coming? Well, I like you see the gags coming because you know the movie, mm. but I feel like they they belittle their own jokes and their own history in a bit, and then in other cases they hype it up way more because it can like like Glen Coco has this, like a bigger part, whereas like you go Glen Coco is such a, like offhand stupid joke of a line. It's now like a bigger moment. It was like I feel like it worked because mm. it was such a silly little yeah. throwaway thing. So they're know? too aware of themselves. Almost, like. almost too aware. Yeah, okay. which I feel like would work when you're on stage, but when you're watching the film, maybe not as much because like when you're on stage it's like a little homage you're like oh cool but whereas when you see it on film you're like okay this is going to be rewatched, and it's not going to be it's overhyped then like you know so go and watch the original one is that what you're saying uh, yeah I would say I would say watch this for for Georgina George and Janice and Damien mm-hmm. I think they're fantastic I do feel like Gretchen and Karen and Katie weren't done as well as they could have been and I feel like that really like loses out as well. And I also feel like uh, the fellow who plays Aaron Samuels, Christopher Briney, uh, he Aaron Samuels it used to be kind of this like dumb jock mm-hmm. that was like he was just kind of cool and nice. Whereas in this, he he's just like like even they're in a calculus class and he's not doing well in it or whatever. But he's it's like why like why he's not dumb then? Do you know what I mean? Like mm. he's he's doing these these intelligent things. He's not like. I don't know. I feel like he's also kind of getting thrown under the bus a small bit because in the musical, realistically, they don't need to have him as big. Obviously, mm. that's fine. But it kind of he's a kind of a central focus for a lot of the plot, like, you know? Okay. So I don't think he was that great. I don't know. The casting was so right in some places and so wrong. so wrong. And it was, it was disappointing. And the, there is a bit of the writing where you're like, mm. this, you some... can feel a 40-year-old person wrote a 17-year-old person oh. kind of thing, do you know? Oh, I'm sure a 40-year-old person probably wrote the first one as well well you know? it, would, it was Tina Fey 20 years ago so no so she probably it's probably more like <laughs> 35 mid, mid to late 20s no how old is Tina no. Fey we'll look this up while you give that some black puddings please so, I really did want to like it okay so I but I I don't know see I had a great time because when people when the songs were coming on people were going Oof, and I, I really enjoyed that I thought that was so funny so I actually ended up having a really good time at it. Okay. So I would say like seven, but I feel like if you didn't have the audience and if you're just watching it on your own, your own 
maybe like a five. But for me personally, I'll give it like a seven. Okay, so I don't know where to go with that, really. Let's say six black puddings. Let's say six, yeah, why not? But if it's a case of watching it, the original or watching this, I would watch the original. I think I'm going to go home to watch the original tonight. I've forgotten how much I loved it. But in the meantime, Teen or Mean Girls 2024 is in cinemas. And then it's going to be available on Paramount Plus if you want to watch it in your living room as well. Tina Fey is 54. So she would have been it would have been 34 yeah. when the original came yeah. out. So, so we're kind of right. We're in between the two of us. Yeah. Lovely stuff. No problem. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. In person. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102 103.